Hey everybody, welcome back to America's Game, episode number 40. I am your host, Eric Vanek, and you can find me on Twitter at NFL. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Scott Connor. Scott, what's going on today, man? Episode 40, didn't think we'd actually make it here. Uh, started this, goal was to go every week. We're more than two, three-fourths of a year in at this point. You haven't gotten this canceled yet, so appreciate that. And uh, yeah, we're getting to the point where you're just seeing the narratives rehashed over and over and over and over. Uh, everyone's doing mock drafts. We were trying to figure out what we wanted to do for this episode. And uh, we like doing mocks, but we have to bring a little bit of a different twist. Because at this point, we don't know what's going to happen. Ready for the draft to get here. But doing well, man. Excited for this one. Yeah, me too. And we got a great guest joining us again on this one. And it is Jordan McNamara. And you can find him on Twitter at McNamara Dynasty. Uh, he's obviously analytics of dynasty.com, uh, works for football guys as well. So we're super excited to have Jordan. So Jordan, thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Let me see if I can do my best to get you guys canceled. That's what I heard out of that beginning of that, uh, that beginning introduction there. So yeah, excited to be on with you guys. Yeah, yeah. no, appreciate having you on for sure. Uh, so today we're pretty much going to do a, uh, a mock draft, seven round mock draft that we found with landing spots. So we're going to go over that first. Our uh, last, actually, and we're going to go over that and give you the landing spots, give you how we would do a mock draft in a uh, certain way. We got certain parameters on this one is going to be a two QB league, two tight end league with 1.5 premium, a slight point per carry at 0.1, uh, 0.15 and a full PPR league. Uh, so we're going to be starting two quarterbacks. So those qu- quarterbacks are definitely going to be. Uh, important to running backs, three receivers, starting two tight ends, and you start three flexes. So start 12 total, 35 man rosters. So, yeah, uh, pretty, you know, a league that me and Scott and Jordan, we all play in these kinds of bigger type leagues uh, where you're starting so many guys or you have to start two QBs or you have to start two tight ends. So it's going to be a, a fun mock draft that we're going to do for sure. Yeah, Jordan, I had a question before you start, um, and obviously we'll give you some time at the end to share anything you want to share. But I just want to ask you, uh, does this class for you feel like these are the drafts where you're actually excited to make picks when you have like the two tight ends or you have point per carry or you have really deep starters? You have the extra premiums where it feels like, man, I'm comfortable taking shots on as many running backs as I can. I'm comfortable taking shots on tight ends, even if you know, it's the tight end seven off the board. Like I'm willing to just take a shot like late second, early third on a high RAS score because the format warrants that those positions matter. Whereas like my stock leagues that are 12 teams start 10, just PPR kind of feels like you get to a certain point end of the first early second where I'm like, wow, can I kick that capital somewhere else when I don't have to just draft wide receiver seven or take a stab at seven running backs in the same tier and you're forcing me to pick at the beginning of the tier. Doesn't it feel like it's a big gap, like at the end of the first in certain formats this year? It does. And I I like the, I mean, anytime you can make tight end, you can choose up the tight end premium. I think it, it brings out better GMs as well. Right. So I think that's a spot where if you're good, you can amplify that advantage in this type of format. So uh, I, I like it when you, make tight ends really juiced up because it, again, you can, you can get more players involved. You can get, you can, you can leverage that advantage, right. And just sort of hammer, 
um, you know, this might be a game of who can take fewer wide receivers. If I had to guess in terms of how this, how this draft goes. Um, and I think that that's, I mean, anytime that's the case, I think you're, you're heading in the right direction in a format like this. Have you guys need, or I'll ask both of you, have you noticed if you're doing a startup with settings like this, that there becomes that point in the startup where people still can't get over the name of the player and they start to absolutely abandon the league settings. And so you can sit there and you can just pick off tight end 30 through 40 through 30 through 50. And the reality is if they do anything, the spot start tight ends, you can flex if it's like two PPR or, Mm. you know, it's start two with 1.75 premium. Like it becomes a point where people will just take wide receiver 95 Paris Campbell because they know the name over Austin Hooper, who nobody likes yet. If you really look into the data, you go, damn, like Austin Hooper, if he just gives me, you know, 50 catches, he's the equivalent of wide receiver 30, wide receiver 35. But there becomes a point where people just stop taking tight ends, and it's the same with running backs. I know, Jordan, you're huge on rostering every running back possible. Eric and I adopt that same thing. Like most of our Mm -hmm. rosters are – I just looked the other day. I'm rostering 111 running backs in Dynasty across all my teams, but that's pretty deep. That's like an average of four per roster. And people are going, man, you're rostering the practice squad guys. I'm like, yeah, anyone at this point of the year that has a chance to make the roster, I'm interested in over name a receiver that you probably like the Denzel Mims of the world that is on every single league or someone's holding them in every single league. But if you guys found that in these leagues, like once you hit that certain point, people just start to go out that tight end sucks. But then you look at it and you go, man, if it's just, Jeff Swaim for a couple games, he's going to outscore all but wide receiver 50 to 60, you know, like if people just, they just follow the names. Have you guys seen that Jordan first? Yeah. I mean, your, your take on Hooper, like I, when you started talking before you said Austin Hooper's name, I began thinking Austin Hooper. So it's funny that you mentioned like, that's the exact type of player. Like that was exactly the example I would have brought up. Cause I mean, you start doing the math on this and you're like, like he's going to outscore George Pickens this year. Like, (laughs) like it's pretty, like it's not, that's not that far of a stretch in terms of the math. Like it's about, you know, assuming that he plays about 60% of their snaps, like that's a, that's a pretty good bat. So like, that's that, that's the level of amplification that a format like this gives. Eric, you found it hard to make those kind of deals though, even though you know the math and you know, the numbers, doesn't it feel like it's really hard to kind of try to make those deals? What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, people, like you said, people just look at the name. You know, like you said, Paris Campbell, Austin Hooper. I bet you 95% of Twitter people are going to say, oh, Paris Campbell, give me that one over Austin Hooper. But, yeah, Austin Hooper, Tyler Higby, nobody wants, you know, the uh, Will Disleys. You know, I don't like him, but in this format, I would take him over, you know, a Paris Campbell, like you mentioned, Colby Parkinson. You just name, you name all those tight ends that are at the back end of – of it and they're always out there and I in these startups I can just pick those guys off and I'll I don't I don't care if I roster 10 to 12 of these tight ends especially in a best ball and I'll just let whoever is going to score that week you know score and it's probably going to be a random Will Disley two touchdown week that ends up being in my lineup two or three times a year whereas Paris Campbell he'd be lucky to get into my lineup once so especially in these kinds of formats best ball I'll definitely just eat up all those tight ends and I'll just keep drafting them over and over so Jordan in a league like this where it's 35 man rosters so pretty deep 
but it's still 12 starters. So I think it's in line with, I usually look at like 35 to 40% of a starter to total roster spot ratio of being pretty mm-hmm. good. That keeps the market even. Uh, it's none of these. I mean, I'm sure you've played in leagues where it's start nine and it's 38 man rosters and like the back half of your team is just dead. There's no point to have it. And then right. others, I, I've actually been in a league that's start 12 with 23 man rosters. I'm like, that's kind of tight because now like your depth matters, but like there's good players on waivers too. So it's like, there's not a lot of trading that happens when it's misaligned. What's your typical roster construction look like in a league like this Two tight end with premium and two QB. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm attacking this position, like the positions a lot. Um, again, I'm going to, my, my starting point on this is going to be lean and mean at wide receiver. So I'm going to prioritize. Well, my starting point is quarterback and tight end really early and a lot. Like, so if I was doing a, a startup draft and something like this, you know, and I've got subscribers at AOD that, that have done things like that th- this year, I haven't drafted one like this this year, but I you know, especially early in the off season, like if you go for six or seven picks on the premium positions, like that's fine. Like, I mean, just, just sort of just, you want to be firing in the right direction. And I think that's right. Um, and then what it allows you to do is kind of build out later on and like, you know, and, and that allows you to sort of be, aimed at the right, uh, you know, with your expensive pieces in the right direction. And then that sort of forces me to aim with productive uh, win now type wide receivers, my Keenan Allen types, my Mike Evans types, like those types of guys who have sturdy profiles that might not be necessarily like fantasy sexy in July, but are pretty uh, usable in October, right? I want to sort of be uh, in on those guys. And what that then allows me to do is have a lot of volume at running back, have a lot of volume at tight end depth guys, right? Taking some, taking shots on specific quarterbacks that I think, you know, in a short sample size that I'd feel comfortable playing. Um, I'm more apt though, in this format to aim for, um, you know, a depth tight end than I am to take like like the unproven shot at quarterback. Like, so if you, if you get like, uh, like the backup quarterback for uh, Green Bay behind Jordan uh, Love right now, who's uh, Danny Etling, right? Like I'd much rather take a, a depth tight end than a guy like Danny Etling, right? I just uh, because I'm never going to feel comfortable starting Danny Etling. Like there's a there's a range of outcomes where I'm comfortable starting whoever that tight end would be. So I tend to err heavier on tight ends at the back end, right? It's, that's kind of the way I maximize the profile, the the um, the format. So given that you still have to start three receivers, but you also have this point per carry component in there, it almost means you want to lean into the every running back possible even heavier than you typically would. Because mm-hmm. really in this this format, Eric, you would really ideally, if you ran one of the scoring matrices and you looked at it from like a warp standpoint, even best ball results from 2022, you would never want to have a wide receiver in a flex. Not once. Optimally. Now there's going to be times where it might call for it, but like if I said, what is the utopian setup for me all season? It's going to always be flexing tight ends and flexing running backs. Never anything more. It's not the same in a PPR. You have a little bit of lean towards you can have some receivers and flexes, but here it'd be like, like what's the minimum number of receivers you'd carry in a a 35 man roster league, and how do you get there? Because you still need them to be productive. You need them to cover basically every week throughout the year, three starters for 15, 16 weeks, whatever your season is, but you got to go slim enough to where it's like, I don't want to have to allocate eight roster spots to that. 
I mean, what are you what are you guys thinking? Like maybe five or six at the very, very most? Go ahead. Eric, you want to take it? Yeah. Probably like six, maybe seven. You know, there's going to be injuries at some point too. So you're going to – and bye weeks obviously. So you're going to have to cover for those. So you're going to want to get six or seven of the threshold wide receivers. I'm not going to want those, you know, total sleazeball wide receivers, 2-2 two, two Atwells, you know, just wasting a roster spot on my team. So there is going to become a point in your draft where you're going to want to – after you hit these premium positions, quarterbacks, running backs, tight ends, you're going to want to get some of these threshold receivers, and you're not going to have the sexy names. You're not going to have DK Metcalf and Drake London. You're, you're just Those guys are going to be eaten up early on while you're taking the tight ends and the running back, the quarterbacks, whatever. So you're going to have to settle in that Mike Williams range. You're going to have to settle in the you know KJ Osborne range, and you're just going to have to play those. And I just need... A threshold of points there every single week. If they can get me 10 points every week, I'll live with it. Like, that's all I need. I'm expecting from those positions. Give me the running backs and tight ends that are going to be the ones who score me most of my points. Scott, when I, when you were asking that, I was I was thinking back to, for my AOD team building guide this, this year, I went and I actually looked at a team where, um, right, so when you start, kind of what you're talking about with the flex, like, I think people you'll get baited sometimes. Right. So like if you look at the standings or if you look at um, like the power rankings, for example, they will just show you, you know, Hey, this is how many receiver points you score. And if you look at, you're at the bottom of that, you get scared. But the problem with that, right. That's a numerator problem, right? People forget about the denominator, right. Which is how many am I starting per week? And I'll give you a perfect example. Last week, last year, Gabe Davis like is the most controversial wide receiver going. Um, like Gabe Davis last year was my wide receiver two, okay, behind Tyler Lockett, okay. And I think I got him in round ten, and I think he was the second one I drafted, okay. He and and between Lockett, Gabe Davis, and I, it was one other basically rotating stream of guys. Um, I literally started exactly three wide receivers every single week on the number. I started three. I never started a receiver in the flex in, in 17 weeks of that league. And I performed exactly at the league average uh, points per start for a wide receiver. Right. And so what I did was, right. You just, right, it, it's just, you just, I just ground out an efficiency on those three. I, I just, I basically, I, I didn't lose any ground on those three spots and then I bludgeon people in the flex because they're starting tight end, they're starting wide receivers, they're starting four, five, six wide receivers a week, and I'm playing tight end, pre, I'm playing premium tight ends, I'm playing spot start running backs. But those receivers, right? So if I can get five or six, and again, the names that you prioritize, if you're you're playing a different game, right? So Gabe Davis is never going to be this vaulting, you know, Tyler Lockett's never going to be this vaulting value guy. I don't care. I just want to sort of grind down that that number to be about league average. And if that's if I can get to league average on a per start basis, I'm never going to do it on a on a total points basis because I'm not playing that many. But on a per start basis, uh, I've I've got a huge edge on the league, and that's how I kind of view those guys. So you know, I just think innings eaters, right? Just give me guys that can just go out there and get 110, 120 targets. If I can sort of get if I can get 350, 400 targets in my lineup throughout the year, 
I'm probably going to be fine right about the league average. And that's just, that's the goal that I'm shooting for and kind of do no harm at that position. So this will lead into our draft that we'll start here in a minute, but question for you, Jordan, because I've seen you do this before. What happens when you ride that receiver room out for another year or two and you kind of have to hit the reboot button just a little bit? Cause we know where you need to get to. It's not that high. You don't need to go spend the one Oh three on Jackson Smith and Jigba, or you don't need to take a really, really risky shot on a first round receiver this year. But when do you choose to fire your shots of like, okay, I'm sitting on Amari Cooper, Tyler Lockett, Jarvis Landry and Tyler Boyd two years ago, you could have gone, you know what? I could have probably got by with that wide receiver room, even in the league you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Now it's a little shakier. You know, you're Mm -hmm. probably going in there with two guys you might trust. Both of them that you're trusting are 30 or older at this point. It's like, when do you choose your spot to go? Okay, let me go get the next guy. Let me go find the 27, 28 year old, the Terry McLaurin that maybe I can get for an early second and I'll ride him for two more years. Right. Is that how you do it? Basically. And there's, there's really two ways I think you can, well, there's three ways you can do it that way. Right. So you're in then sort of 27 year old guy that starts to fall. Um, I think the other way to do it is be early. You know what I mean? So, and that doesn't mean drafting a bunch of guys, but for me, like the, the, the number one, if I were to try and say, I'm going to flip the script, I'm going to try and get young. Like I'm going to hunt out Christian Watson. Right. Because a, he's got elite, elite, elite metrics in his rookie season. That's the type of thing that can explode. That's the type of profile that can explode as a rookie. And he's not that expensive, right? And so I have proof of concept that A, he works. He's not going to sort of whiff out. And even if he just becomes a wide receiver three, which I think he can become a wide receiver one, even if he still becomes that, he still is is fitting my he's still eating innings for me, which is what I want. Um, and then the other thing is you buy, you figure out ways to buy off of, of bad news, right? Constantly be, you know, a- ambulance chasing or, you know, chasing bad news, right? I mean, you know, Debo's depressed in price right now versus what he could offer. You know, you kind of start taking those shots and, and then you're never really paying like, I never want to pay top of market price on wide receivers because like then I'm eating into my premium, what I can do at premium positions in a format like this. Like I just find, you know, it just be earlier on younger guys or, you know, just be willing to sort of buy the dip on, on players that are aged. I mean, Debo's a great example. Yeah. And I think one of the benefits, I didn't even think about it the way you, you talked about, but if you're early on a guy like Christian Watson, let's say he does hit, you can go add another chip and pivot down to like a Deontay Johnson and you have effectively mm-hmm. achieved the same thing. And you've now added another piece that you can go buy another tight end or add to get a better quarterback. So like you can always be, if you just get lucky and let's say I'm in a draft and I'm stuck and I have to make my one twelve pick this year and I happen to take Jordan Addison and he hits right yeah. away. I'm right. sitting on a pick now. I can pivot down to Brandon Ayuk and get two seconds, start 12. That's probably two starters I can buy at some point if I want to. And I've achieved the exact same thing. I don't need to go buy the Brandon Ayuk and add to the Jordan Addison. I take advantage of the fact that I don't need the smash production. I just need the baseline level. So I think that's a pretty cool way to think about it. Yeah. And I think the other way too, really, I, the fourth way I would say is like constantly be, you know, just take the last of a profile, it, you know, it, never take wide receiver one, right? If there's four wide receivers that go in the first round of this draft, never take the first one, take the fourth one, right? Figure out a way to move from one to four. Like, oh, you know, always be willing to make that pivot, I think is something that's reliably been true. And I think that's a good way to sort of build in this mindset. Yeah, good stuff. And I think this is this is good background for how we're going to draft this. We're going to kind of assume we're building these types of teams and people are going to go, 
wow, you really took that guy there. You didn't take that player till here. I think we're going to get a lot of that. So, uh, Eric, do you have any final thoughts? You ready to start this mock? Hey, Destination Devi listeners, Eric here of the America's Game podcast, and hopefully by now you've heard that Underdog Fantasy has partnered up with Destination Devi. You want to get in all of these year-long best ball contests and compete with Ray Garvin, Ike and Gene of the Off the Line Fantasy podcast, Adam and Mike of 4D Chess, and Scott Connor and myself at the America's Game Pod, well, now is your chance. If you sign up with the code America's Game, all one word, you will get a 100% deposit match up to $100 free by Underdog Fantasy. The best part of that, though, if you deposit at least $10, you will get access to the Destination Devi Discord for free. You'll get it for one full year, and now is the time to do it right before the NFL Draft and get all those goodies that are going on right now in the Destination Debbie Discord. And right now, as we know, it is tax money season. Are you getting any money back? Why don't you take $100 and deposit it on Underdog Fantasy, and you'll get a free $100 from Underdog, and you'll get access to Destination Debbie. There is no better deal going on right now than that. So use that promo code America's Game, once again, all one word, and sign up today. Now, back to the show. No, that was good stuff from Jordan there. I'm ready to start it, so let's go ahead and get it going. All right, so yeah, for the listeners, uh, the premium is again 1.5 tight end premium, start two, two quarterbacks. So start two quarterbacks required, 0.15 point per carry, uh, PPR for everything else, so receivers and running backs. Uh, we're going to go essentially like a linear format. So we're not going to do a snake format. We're just going to go one, two, three, one, two, three. Uh, And then we're going to pick four rounds. So I'll go ahead and get it started. We're picking this off of, what was the link again for the mock? Do you remember? Uh, Yeah, it was drafttech.com. It's on the player list page there in the top right. Okay. Yeah. And this one, check it out. It, a lot of people, when they do these mocks, they'll base it on like the best possible mock they can so that they can talk about all their favorite players. They got all this great draft capital when I was running some historical numbers the other day. And I realized some of these mocks that have, you know, 29 skill players going in the first three rounds, like not realistic yet. Mm-hmm. You can sometimes see these mocks and it's like they're a, a, a fantasy player's wet dream and then the reality hits and we go yeah only three receivers went in the top 40 and only two running backs went in the first two rounds and then then what do we do so then you got to turn to process and roster construction uh to beat everyone else because everything's going to be jammed together so i'm going to start because i did draw the 101 um i'm going to draft cj stroud with the 101 uh that two qb they're really hard to get if you don't have them you never want to pay to get them uh, I think him and Bryce Young are neck and neck, but I'll go C.J. Stroud at the 101. Pretty easy pick for me in this mock. Uh, he goes 102 to the Texans. Uh, we're getting some some real NFL talk that that may not be something that they actually do because of the agent issue with Deshaun Watson and Stroud having the same agent, but mm-hmm. he's going to get good draft capital, so he's my 101. Uh, Eric, okay. you are up at 102. Yeah, this one's pretty easy for me. Point per carry. He goes number three overall. Uh, the Seahawks actually trade up to number three, and they take Anthony Richardson from Florida. Uh, so, yeah, that's an easy one in point per carry for me. Give me Anthony Richardson. Jordan, A-Rich over Bryce Young. Would you have the balls to do that here? Um, listen, I think I think that Richardson is the – like, 
it's funny. The same people that will tell you that Dak Prescott doesn't have a high ceiling would take are telling you that you should take Bryce Young over uh, Anthony Richardson. <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's the same. It's the same people that are. It's it's a. And I think that, you know, I think I think Dak Prescott that type of profile is like a, is a really high ceiling for what what you could expect Bryce Young. I just don't think he's going to run that much. He's just. I just have concerns about the size, and. As a result of that, I am going to, uh, when it's my turn, I'm going to maybe surprise you about who I would take given the premiums in this format. Well, you are up. I uh, went Stroud and went Anthony Richardson. You're up at 103. They can be John Robinson. They can be All John right. Robinson. Hey. And and listen, I, I just, like the points per carry, right? I just think he's, yeah, you know, I just think he's an elite player, right? I think you could make an argument at this point for tight ends, and I would be surprised if it doesn't, you know, if, 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 tight ends don't go real quickly here um but i am i just i don't want to it, there's a there's a good chance you miss there it's a good chance they really don't matter like there's a real chance that Bijan robinson makes a big time difference and so i'll go with him in the format yeah i mean, I mean in, 21st overall to the chargers and that's yeah we're, we're not good about saying the landing spot that's 21st right. to the chargers yes. which is I, I think the other thing, the name Bijan and the landing spot chargers would give you also many outs if you made that pick whereas in these types of formats, my experience is you kind of draft receivers and running backs as needed because you're not easily going to go flip them for quarterbacks and tight ends. So mm-hmm. he's one of the few skill players you could go, okay, if I put him on the trade block, at least I'd get some offers that give me more options than just, you know, pivoting right. down to other receivers or running backs. So uh, Bryce Young went 104 to the Panthers. I am up. I will draft Bryce Young. I don't love it. I We had this debate the other day, Jordan, and I go – like Bryce Young could be really good, but can you envision a world where, and he's QB 10, I believe on keep trade cut right now, QB 10 or 11. Can you envision a world where he is better than Trevor Lawrence, Joe Burrow, or Justin Herbert? Yeah. Um, Doesn't he feel like that those guys are his ceiling, but he's always going to have to deal with some of the warts that he's just never going to be able to get rid of. Yeah. I just, uh, yeah, I just, I, I can't, I mean, he's going ahead of Stroud to keep trade cut. I mean, he's going ahead of Murray, Watson, Prescott. I mean, I just – what's the ceiling for him? Again, if it's kind of like a, a doesn't run Dak Prescott, right, everyone's disappointed with that right now. Again, I am sort of – I am bullish on Dak Prescott at his price and, and all of those things, but I, there's a lot of people that have, have thought of him as this disappointment. That would be a smashing success for what uh, Bryce Young could offer, and I, I just – the odds that he gets there, I just mm-hmm. color me skeptical. Right? I don't want, I don't like betting on outliers. I just do not like betting on outliers. And yeah, I think that's what you'd be doing with him. So, so if you're in that spot and you come up in the draft, you're sitting at 104, and Bryce Young's probably the top option. Are you going to the Dak Prescott owner and seeing if you can get Dak plus another first to you know, trade your Bryce Young? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, Deshaun that. Watson I mean, would be on. an interesting bet with that. You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, can you go up? I was like going up, you know, can you go, right. you know, and we didn't talk about this, right? Can you trade the picks that we just traded for an elite player? That's an, ex- an existing one, right? We didn't, that's not part of the mm-hmm. exercise, but that's always um, a spot. Yeah. I would be, I'd be very, I would take Bryce Young at one Oh four. I would take him sort of in this range after B. John Robson, he'd be my pick um, with the intent to use him as an asset, not to develop him. Right. I don't, okay. I, you know, for all the reasons that I said, I mean, I, 
you're not both of us are extremely high on Watson. Like it's kind of like that we don't play dynasty with anything other than you know the the data in mind and there's no reason that he can't be in the Burrow Lawrence Herbert tier literally by midway through this season. He's already been there. He was arguably the second best quarterback in the league before he got in trouble. So it's like you're really going to bet behind Bryce Young. Like if he get, if Bryce Young gets to Dak Watson Lawrence range but that's what you're paying for. He's already there, you know? So it's like right. the only thing he doesn't have that those guys have is he's never played a game and he's 5'10". Right. So it's like, right. it's an expensive bet. So, yes. Uh, Eric, 105, you are up. You going another quarterback here with the format? What you doing? Yeah, start two quarterbacks and it is start two, not super flex. So I'm definitely going with the other quarterback, Will Levis. He goes number four overall to Indianapolis here. Obviously, he's going to get the chance to start there either immediately or at some point this season. So with the format, definitely just going to take the last uh, first-round quarterback, Will Levis. Jordan, what's your take on the Will Levis? uh, The bet, I think, is a good bet if he goes in the top five. Uh, What's your take on you already know that's a toxic asset for 98% of the people out there playing Dynasty? Does that concern you at all? I just take the bat. I mean, Deshaun, I mean, Deshaun Watson was the toxic asset for 98% and now he's borderline. I mean, I think he trade cuts low on him in his actual market. Yeah, right? For sure. You look at him, oh, he's yeah. actually going at top 15 startup pick. I mean, yep. you don't get more toxic than what, what you dealt with for Watson for two years. And he was bad last year. Like again, I think he's like the most bimodal player, right? He's either going to be excellent, I think, or he's going to not be good. Right. I don't think there's a ton of middle ground there on, on his trajectory. Um, yeah, at least with like with Levis, like and even like Kenny Pickett. No one loved Kenny Pickett last year, and you can still put him in deals for for good quarterbacks. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I just take the asset would be my thought, and you can sort it out later. So Levis went to the Colts at four. Uh, Jordan, you are up here at the one hundred six. I think I have a feeling uh, you're dipping into that tight end pool. Taking Dalton Kincaid. I think he's the best tight end in the class. If he's going to be the one that goes first, uh, he does go to Cincinnati in this. Um, I will caveat that i think he's going to go higher than 28 in the draft in a regular draft Um, but for the purpose of this exercise um, i would take him darnell washington went at 27 i would take dalton kincaid as the tight end one in this class yeah i think that would be uh that landing spot people would be excited i mean i'm a Bengals fan i i want to caution people on that landing spot a little bit that's not an offense that uh and from what i've read the tight end they may be most likely to draft is Darnell Washington. And it's not for the purposes of he's going to be a guy that's going to get 80 targets and 800 yards. It's going to be, you know, they're going to get rid of Tyler Boyd at some point, and they still are going to have they're, – they're going to pay Higgins. They're still going to have basically their offense run through Higgins and Chase. And Washington actually fits, I think, better what they want to do or what they want to morph into, and people aren't going to like that. Like, that's not the tight end fantasy people want going to Cincinnati. They want Dalton Kincaid or they want Michael Mayer, but don't be shocked if it ends up being Darnell Washington and then you're kind of going, man, do I really have to take him as tight end one or two? But Yeah, especially with his elite blocking, too, and the Bengals need some blockers, so he's going to be out there to block a little bit, too, especially them, you know, passing downs even, too. I think he's, for what they want to do, he's more versatile. You know, they don't need a tight end that they can feed 100 targets to. That's never going to be their offense. You know, they need a tight end that can do some things. But I I think I I just have a feeling that might be the guy that they end up with and uh, people aren't going to love it. So I'm going to take Michael Mayer here. Michael Mayer went 29 to the Saints. Uh, Kind of a weird landing spot having the Saints uh, draft Michael Mayer. But, you know, he he definitely wouldn't go past this spot, uh, just given that he got first round capital. He's 
I think he's very safe in this format. You can almost say I'm locking in a, a weekly starter probably from the get-go. Um, doesn't feel like a great pick, but this is one of those formats where if I'm sitting at 107 or 108, I love being in that spot because I know I'm going to have access to the tight ends and someone else is going to have to move up to get them, so I'll just take them. So Michael Mayer, 107. Uh, e, you're up. This, surprisingly, this mock only had three more skill players available that went in the first round, so what are you doing? This is a tough pick. Yeah, definitely a really tough pick after looking at it. I think I'm going to go with the asset that everybody loves that you know everyone's going to want if you want to trade him. I don't love the landing spot, but it, it he's probably my favorite receiver in the draft. So Jackson Smith and Jigba, uh, he went 11 to the Tennessee Titans. So give me JSN. If this really happens, isn't this the the perfect type of player you're trying to shop this pick to somebody that likes JSN? Like, <laughs> I really don't want to make this pick in this format, especially right. with this landing spot, but it does feel like you'd have some options. Like, don't you think, Jordan, you could easily pivot off of this pick for one of those lesser, I need to just hit a double wide receivers and a couple extra picks? Absolutely. That, 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 yeah. that Absolutely what it feels like. So, yeah, I, I think that would be, that would be prime. That would be a prime spot to do that. Nope. Or see if I can get like a top eight tight end. Can I get Fryermuth and maybe something else for JSN? Something like that too. You know what? And you put that tweet, you put that trade on Twitter, like Fryermuth in two seconds for JSN. You just get absolutely crushed. Yet the format, right. I wouldn't trade Fryermuth for JSN straight up. So <laughs> right, right, this is so right. weird when you don't have the context. So right. All right, Jordan, you're up. One oh nine. What you doing? For the purposes of what you just said, right, just because of the format, I'm not even a huge fan of his, but first-round tight ends have a very high floor. I will take Darnell Washington. Uh, I think you have to take Darnell Washington ahead of any of the other skill position players, and there's not – this, you know, Hayden Hooker in this exercise goes 47, right? If he went 25, maybe that's a conversation, something like that, or, you know, to the Vikings or whatever the most commonly mock spot for him is. Maybe that's a conversation, but Darnell Washington here at 27 goes to the Bills. I'll take him. Yeah, he definitely would come off the board here. I, I can actually see him, someone taking him over JSN or at least moving around to do it. I probably wouldn't be smart, but the format probably warrants that you would do it. Uh, let's see. I'm up at the 110. Man. This is where it gets really ugly because I know. Don't you I'm think this is, that it's really hard right now, right? That, that, when you the, look at this, like that, like yes. after that pick in this format, it's it's this seems like you're like, oh. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and the way that this board falls in particular, there's only two first round wide receivers, and you know, there's only two running backs going the top two rounds. Like, this is one that you kind of look at and you're like, wow, this would kind of be rough right here if this actually lands to be the spot. Well, you're Wayne. Okay, can I spot the fish in my league that see Jordan, that see Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, and Zay Flowers all get pretty good draft capital here? Like, can I spot that person that wants these receivers? Whereas I'm sitting here going, I'll take them if I'm forced to. I don't even want to take them here, but I would take them if I'm forced to. But man, is someone willing to come up? And I think one of the biggest issues people have is when they have this pick and they see a guy like Quentin Johnston on the board that went 12th overall they have trouble adjusting just low enough of what they should take in a trade. You know, you might make them a good offer and you go, no, that's not enough. But then you go, I don't really want to pick Quentin Johnston. So what's the fair price? You know, like you give me a right. starting tight end and a third, I would take it. I don't even care the tight end. You could give me Greg Dulcich in a third or something and I'm smashing it. It's not even close. And I don't even like Greg Dulcich, but like that's the kind of process trade where you just have to know the format and be willing to pull the trigger. Cause you might only get one offer 
And if you blow it with that manager, you're stuck making the pick. And now you're like, you're, you're subject to how good the player is that you pick. So, oh man, I'm going to, I'm going to take Jameer Gibbs. It is point per carry. Uh, the way that I play, I'm probably going to lean the pedigree of Jameer Gibbs in this spot over Quentin Johnston, just because it is point per carry. And I probably could use another running back. I just have no interest in drafting receivers really. Uh, just because I think there's a couple I can take shots on and get them much later. So I'll go Jameer Gibbs, 110. He went to the Tennessee Titans. They're loading up in this draft. They get JSN and they get Jameer Gibbs. And uh, I don't think fantasy people would love that landing spot either, but I'll take it. So he went uh, to the Titans at pick 41. So we're at the 111. Eric, you're up. Yeah, and then like you guys said, it's pretty uh, bleak here with all these wide receivers. But I'm going to go 47th. Uh, the Washington Commanders selected Hendon Hooker, quarterback from Tennessee. I don't love Hooker, but if he gets top 50 capital, he's going to get a shot to play at some point. And they, all they have is Howell and Brissett. And obviously, if they're drafting him this high, they're going to play him at some point. So I'll take the shot at Hendon Hooker and two quarterback. That one feels really gross to pull the trigger on oh, with yeah. something that used to be a random 23 first, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, but if uh, if I'm the 111 and I'm a playoff team and I'm getting a free quarterback, you know, I got to look at that as a win too, you know. And historically, like top 50 quarterbacks do get chances. It might be a half-assed three-game shot, and if they suck, then they're out, but he will get a shot. It might be a very narrow window, but in this format, he will get a window. Hell, you could have sold Malik Willis a couple times last year for a couple seconds before he started. Like, there is going to be a window with Hendon Hooker. Problem is, most people are so excited when he gets that start, you don't trade him. You think, oh, it's going to be the next Russell Wilson, and then he will. He's not, and you're stuck. Because once yeah. he's had two bad games, you're cooked. You can't trade him anymore. So, right. Jordan, what yeah. you doing here? So I don't really like this player, um, and I find it unbelievable that there's going to be a top 58 pick spent on a tight end that broke literally two tackles in college. But I'm going to take him anyways because you got to play and in lean into the format. I'm taking Luke Musgrave, even though he feels very much like uh, Mike Gesicki. Mike Gesicki had value. Um, he feels very much like Mike Gasicki does to me when you look at his numbers. Um, I will take him with the intent of he's an asset. You know, can I sort of improve my tight end position at some point? You know, here into the future by using him um, as a as a piece of that deal. And he's got a good landing spot. I think people will like the Cowboys landing spot too. I mean, they've had productive tight ends recently, so I think people will like that spot. So that's the first round. Uh, amazing. We only had one receiver go off in this dynasty market, five quarterbacks, four tight ends and two running backs and a receiver. So we'll pump through these next three. It's going to be a lot more just process, process, process. You can ignore the players because all these landing spots are just speculative. Yeah. Uh, but I am up starting at the 201. You know what? I'm going to have to just keep leaning into the format. Well, you, no, I'm not. This is where I'm going to, this is where I'm going to sway. I'm going to take Quentin Johnston purely for the asset that I think I can make a pivot trade on. And it's going against what I should probably do because there's a tight end that's pretty good that I like that got pretty decent draft capital. But Quentin Johnston went 12th to the Texans. He's still a first-round receiver, went in the top 15. I, I know there's going to be a deal to be had, but the last thing I want to do is probably say, oh, I'm just going to wait for him to play the first half of his rookie year. Like I'm going to be looking for a cash out deal where I can get multiple assets before he even takes the field. 
So 202, all the first round players are gone. So uh, if you think this Mac mock sounds bad listening to this over the air, yeah, you are correct. It's not that great. <laughs> so uh, Eric, 202. Yeah, I agree with you on that tight end. I'd probably would consider him here as well. But, you know, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison, they went basically at the very top of round two, basically round one type receivers. I really like both of those players, so I'm going to go with them here. I like Jordan Addison the best. Uh, he went 35th to the Colts, so yeah, give me Jordan Addison. Jordan, what's the number say on uh, that that justification that Eric just used? They, they're, they're really close to first-round receivers. Are they first-round <laughs> receivers? The numbers I pulled, they look very similar between like picks 26 to 40. That seems to be very similar. You got anything different? Um, usually the rule of thumb that I use is that they're different. Um, they're different for a couple of reasons. A, you look like there's a, a higher chance of the pedigree, uh, being superseded, right? I think, mm -hmm. um, that that's clear that, that that happens. Uh, number two, I do think it's a mental hurdle for teams, right? They do treat first round wide receivers different than they treat second round wide receivers, um, that's absolutely true, even if it shouldn't be. Um, and the other thing I think is true, like when you look historically, the rounds have been pretty smooth, um, you know, in inside the rounds specifically. And I think the reason for that is, is the quarterbacks at the end of the round, the teams that are picking at the end of the round are actually better at developing players. Uh, they're more stable, right? You're not going to get the Jets just keep circling through wide receivers because they keep firing coaching staffs, right? That doesn't happen as much when, when it's, you know, the Bills or the Packers drafting at the end of the round, like they're more stable in terms of how they are right now. So I think, I think that that's, that's one of the things that you see and, and why I think the ordering of the rounds doesn't matter as much as being actually in the round. Okay. Uh, well, you were up at the 203. Where are you going? Uh, so I'm going to, I'm going to go tight end. Um, I, there's a couple of guys you could go in here. I think, um, I'm going to take uh, Tucker Craft, uh, and I'm going to take him because he's uh, elite production at South Dakota State. It is a small school. I necessarily love doing that with a small school perspective, but um, I am a fan of, of basically – uh, you know, north of 2.3 career yards per route run. I'm a fan of, I'm a fan of that. That's a really, really high end outcome. So give me Tucker craft, even though I don't necessarily love small school tight ends, um, you know, coming out. Yep. Craft went 77 to the Rams. Not, not a bad landing spot. Kind of a, you probably have a pretty forgiving rookie year. As long as he does something, you probably have a pretty forgiving pick. So I like it. Uh, let's see. I'm going to follow up with the other tight end we were talking about. Sam Laporta went pick 70 to the Raiders. So I will take Sam Laporta. I've been a little critical of Sam Laporta just because the, I'm kind of a sizist when it comes to tight ends. Like these guys that are six, three or under, they just typically never see full snap share roles. And I know Dwayne McFarland's done a lot of good work on the, the number one predictor of tight end production is just how much they play and how many routes they run. Like Sure, you need to be athletic, but I think the NFL does a really good job of kind of weeding out the non-athletes, like the average tight end that's drafted over the first two rounds of the drafts over like the last 10 years is like an 8-4 RAS score or something. Like they don't draft non-athletes. So if you're using draft capital and athleticism, they kind of go hand in hand already. I'm just a little concerned on Laporta. I think he can be good, but, you know, you look at him and you go, oh, he's, you know, 6'3", six, six, 
245. Like that does not scream a guy. The NFL is just going to play 80% of the snaps. It's like, just not going to happen. He's going to have to be really good at receiving. He's going to have to be people compare him, you know, Oh, he can be the next Evan Ingram. And I don't think people realize like how much of an outlier Evan Ingram is like a guy that can garner hundred target seasons like that. You don't find that all the time. And they certainly don't go in the middle of round three. So I think he's a little riskier than people want to lead on, even though he's really, really athletic. So Eric, mm-hmm. you got a pick. Yeah, so I think on this one, I am going to go 92nd overall to the Bengals. Zach Charbonnet goes there, the running back from UCLA. We don't know what Joe Mixon's future is. Samaj P. Ryan's already gone. And in point per carry, I think Charbonnet could have, you know, 15, 20 carries a week there pretty easily, especially if Mixon ends up being cut, which is some of the scuttlebutt right now. So, yeah, give me Charbonnet there. Jordan, you going to uh, you going to follow it up by continuing with the running backs, or what are you doing here? I'm not going to continue with the running backs. I would have taken Charbonnet there. I think that's a good pick. Um, I'm going to take Zach Kotz, and I mean you you talk about you talk about kind of size and and those those tools. So mock draftable, I'll give you the the basically the ten nearest comps to a player, and it'll be basically be how similar are they, and it's expressed as a percentage. So you see a lot of guys, you know, a a six foot, two hundred and fifteen pound running back has a lot of guys that are you know ninety plus percent similar to them. Um, Zach Kotz has the highest, has basically the lowest sim score of anyone I've ever seen. Uh, the next yep. nearest person is 74.4%, um, which is like astronomically different. I mean, 6'6", 255, uh, runs 455, 40-inch uh, vert, 128 broad. It's like made in a lab type stuff. And you like it literally doesn't have a comparison. So give me him and uh, let's just bet on you know, I'll just bet on a, a, a freaky uh, athletic profile and a freaky profile coming out of college. Yeah. I mean, he got good capital too. 73rd to the Texans. Uh, yep. Capital for tight ends is kind of weird too. Like obviously you want to get really high capital, but once you go outside of like a certain range, they kind of fire from all over the place. You got third rounders, fifth rounders, fourth rounders that are all good in the NFL. Like it's not just, and we've seen plenty of first and second round tight ends that you go, yeah, they're athletic, but they just can't play. You know, they can't, they can't get on the field. They can't earn targets. So I like it. I like it. That big, People are probably going, wow, you're taking Zach Kuntz over Zay Flowers, Jordan. Would you be tempted to take the Zay Flowers and go, this is just a, a shot for me to get one of those cheap floor receivers, or is it still too early? Um, I mean, like now I get to the point where I look at that second round of wide receivers and I'm like, okay, like I think you know, I'm kind of playing the format a little bit. It's a little bit different if I was playing in just a 12-team league and I don't have a pick coming up in three spots. Yeah, it's a little bit, you know, the mindset's a little bit different, but I'm kind of looking at that tier and I'm like, okay, like I think there's a couple of guys in here that look kind of similar um, and that you guys are probably going to take one, maybe two of them, and I could kind of steal the last one, right? That's kind of the way that I'd be thinking about them. Um, and so for the purpose of this exercise, like that's sort of my mindset. I look at Zach Kantz and I, I think he's very, um, uh, he's like the, he's like the outlier of the people on the board right now. So that's kind of the, you know, I'm playing towards the format as well. No, that's a, that's definitely a good description. Our, our, our brains get a little warped because we are picking every three picks here and, and in a real draft, yes. you're like, man, if I only had two usable receivers, I probably would have taken Zay flowers, you know, just cause it, right. it, it fits a need and I don't have to go out and make two more trades to fit that need. So, right. uh, let's see. I am up at the two Oh seven. 
I'm going to take Zay Flowers for the same reason I ended up getting stuck with Quentin Johnston. I just think it's a point where the asset's going to outweigh what else I could take, and I guarantee I can probably find somebody that uh, isn't keen on the format where I can make a, a plus EV deal for me somewhere down the road. So Zay Flowers, he went pick 35, or no, 34 to the Cardinals, I believe. Yep. Yep, 34 to the Cardinals. All right, Eric, 208, you're up. Yeah, I think I'm going to go, like, I think the rest of these wide receivers that are left are kind of just all in the same bucket. So I think I'm going to go the running back route here. The next highest drafted capital one was 84th to the Miami Dolphins, and that was Devin Achain. I don't love, like, Achain as, like, a feature back, obviously, but being in that Miami system, you know, uh, Underdog was talking about, be him being compared to Raheem Mostert, and I can definitely see that. So if he can just play some something similar to what Mostert did, be a little bit of a better pass catcher than Mostert is, I think that could be a nice little career spot for uh, a chain. So give me him. Eric, quick question on taking these really tiny running backs in point per carry. Doesn't that nullify the point per carry just a little bit? Yeah, a little bit, but I know he could be, you know, a 50-60 catch receiver guy. And what have you always told me? These running backs who are going to be the top five um, overall every single year, you, you're going to have to catch the ball if you're going to ever be in that stratosphere. Or or you're scoring like 20 rushing touchdowns like a Derrick Henry. Um, so if a chain could hit, like, you know, things hits a lot better than we ever think he can, and he becomes Alvin Kamara, you know, then sure, he could, you know, be a top five overall running back some year for him. So I'll take that upside over one of these random wide receivers. Yeah, people will like this landing spot, so I can't argue yeah. with it. But I, I do think the, the one risk with a chain is, or a chain, we get to like week four and he still is not beating out Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. <laughs> and then people in Dynasty are going, oh. I don't right. know about that landing spot, but it is going to be a landing spot that people are going to constantly always want the running back in. So I can't argue with it. Yep. Uh, Jordan, what do you see? 209. Yeah, um, it's getting tough. Um, I'm going to take, oh, man, you know what? I, I'd be Tajay Spears. Um, I'm taking Tajay Spears at 113. Uh, he goes to Atlanta. Um, I think Tyler Algier in this scenario is looking like – I think it's really interesting because I think either of those guys could win out. Maybe it becomes a committee. Um, but you look at some early projections, Algier is actually leading – is like a top five, top four running back in terms of rushing projections, um, according to some early, early projections that are coming out. I'm super intrigued by that. In this mock, there's no quarterback there, so they're going to continue to lean run heavy. Um, give me Tajay Spears at this point. I like to pick that. That's where I was going next. Anyone that listened to my last destination dynasty episode, uh, both of these guys could coexist. I mean, are they ever going to either one of them going to be a top five running back top 12, maybe probably not, but I think this is the perfect Algier and Spears would be the perfect 60 40 backfield where the offensive efficiency in a point per carry is going to drive both of them as starters, if not flex players, both in each week, as long as they're good, as long as they don't have two other guys in there, um, I think it'd be a perfect compliment. So I love that pick. Uh, I'm going to continue to go down the same road, and there's like four possible players that I could potentially take here. Uh, but I'm going to go with a running back that's a little further down the board, and I'm going to take Roshan Johnson, who went 129 to Dallas. I can absolutely see this pack happening, and the fourth round in this mock was primed for a bunch of running backs. So I'll just take Roshan on Dallas. I think people will like that landing spot better than a couple of the others. 
uh, but I can see a lot of the backfields kind of shaking out the exact same way. So Roshan to Dallas at 129. Real quick, what's your guys' thoughts on um, is, is, is the way the NFL is trending right now? Is round three, round four, the NFL draft, the new round two, round three from like five, ten years ago? Jordan, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll see. I have to do a little bit more work on it. I don't think that they've fallen quite as far. Like we've seen some recent years, we've seen a lot of guys sort of crammed into late round three. Uh, we've seen that happen. So I don't know if like, if you think like late round four is late early is, uh, is somewhere in like round three from prior years. I, I'll have to look a little bit more into it, but I, I have just anecdotally, I don't think it's, I don't think I would think that way. I do think there's a gap. Um, uh, and we've seen that, right? And we've seen it kind of historically as well. Um, so I, I kind of would lean there. And again, we've seen teams like spend on on running backs, uh, you know, even more than they probably should have in recent years as well. Well, there is a big advantage, actually. I mean, I did it. I talked about it on a couple of shows ago on DD was there's a big advantage, actually, if you take a guy like B. John Robinson in the first round with the eroding numbers on the cap with the franchise tag numbers, like you take a guy like Bijan effectively, you control his rights for like $41 million for the next seven years. And he's trapped. He's absolutely trapped and he can't go anywhere. Can't hit free agency. There's no incentive to hold out. Like you look at a guy like Josh Jacobs this year, he complained about his contract, but you know what? He's going to make $10 million guaranteed. That's more than any, any other running back basically in the league. That's not on a multi-year deal. That's just the reality. He could say, oh, like, don't franchise tag me. How much would he have gotten in free agency? Not $10 million guaranteed his first year, probably not. So th- there is an investment, I think, if you can find an elite running back in the first round. It's a really nice investment to go, man, if Bijan just is in his prime for five or six years, that's a pretty good $40 million spent versus blowing it on, you know, Jacoby Myers for three years. You know what I mean? Like, it's... Mm-hmm. It's not bad return on investment wise. So, uh, Eric, you are up. What you doing? So this one, I'm going to go with pick 104 to the Houston Texans. They take running back Chase Brown from Illinois. And basically it's, man, if he gets into this system with Bobby Slowick coming over from the 49ers with D'Amico Ryans, who's going to be running the offense now, if he gets into that Shanahan type offense, wheels up for chase brown he is just tailor-made for that offense uh I'm buying him everywhere if he uh ends up in an offense like that there's multiple ones of those around the nfl so he's got a couple shots to get there but if he gets into one i'll be buying a lot of him how would that impact damian pierce for you um i mean it's definitely going to impact him for sure I think he's not he's definitely not a worth a first round pick anymore. So maybe that's that's this is something that can happen in the NFL draft. So if somebody's still willing to give you a first round pick for Damian Pierce, I think you gotta explore it probably before the draft here. So uh but I think he's still gonna be a useful player. He's not gonna be, you know, a scrub or anything like that. So I think the fear would be you draft a guy like Chase Brown and then they bring in like a Naheem Hines type, you know, and now you're going, uh, I don't know about that. Yeah, they so. got Dare, man. <laughs> and Mike Boone. <laughs> anyway, Jordan, last pick of the second. Where are you going? Um, this is going to pain me. Um, I I don't usually take a lot of day two wide receivers. I'm going to take Jalen Hyatt, uh, just because I think he he would go higher than this. Um, just ADP wise, uh, in in rookie drafts. Um, and you know the the landing spots potentially open. We'll see. 
uh, we'll see how that that unfolds there behind Christian Watson. You know, Romeo Dobbs is there as well. Uh, but I think that's an interesting landing spot for him. And again, I think he probably goes higher than this in the NFL draft. So I think like I think that's worth mentioning as well. Do you like taking guys like Jalen Hyatt in this format if you can get him at this price? Because he almost feels like a guy that you can just spray and pray because how you're going to roster construct versus a lot of teams would go, yeah, you know, he's my wide receiver 10, and then they never start him, and then they just chase and chase and chase. Yeah, I mean, totally. Because, like, you know, we looked at this earlier, and, like, you guys went, you know, uh, like Jordan Addison went at 202. You know, and I basically I took a couple more premium positions and then you know I take him at two twelve. And I, you know, functionally they, they're ten picks apart. I don't think they're massively different expectations from the second round. Um, and so, you know, just kind of give me a shot would sort of be, you know, I, I think receiver more and more uh, as I go along, it's more about just taking a guy instead of trying to pick one, right? I think you just when when one falls, you just take them instead of saying, I want to pick out you know, the first guy or, you know, the second guy, I'm just going to take the third or fourth guy. Like that's kind of how I treat the position. So when they fall, when you see a spread on cost, right, that's kind of the, the, the time that I would pounce. Yep. I've always listened to you when you said that, like, just kind of take the lowest common denominator, the cheapest in the tier. I mean, I did a poll and it was, who would you prefer Jackson Smith and Jigba or two of Quentin Johnston, Zay Flowers and Jordan Addison. And they all go in the first round. And uh, more than half the people go, they need that JSN. And I'm going, okay, so you're arrogant enough to think you're going to be able to pick the best one and I'm going to get two of them. And they all get the same draft capital. Yeah. And they perform relatively randomly. You know, like I don't, there's mm-hmm. nothing really in their, in their, um, you know, all of those guys basically broke out prior to, to 20 years old, which is a critical threshold, right? And they're all first round guys. So they, they large, that, that tier has performed randomly and independent of where they actually go in the NFL draft. And we haven't sorted them like the dynasty community himself hasn't sorted them. So all that, like that's a really arrogant bet to say, like you can take, you know, I'll give you two shots at winning instead of one. Like you have to really have, you know, and the more I do this, like the less I feel confident about players. Like it's, it's, it's honestly pretty funny. Yeah. And you can make that deal. You know, if you're sitting at that 104, 105, the person with the 110 and 112, they, they may, they may make that trade as long as you get two of those four or whatever the, you know, the bet is. I think it's always better to take the two for one when you're dealing with receivers. Uh, so I'm up to start the third. We'll speed through the third and then uh, we'll, we'll kind of just hit spots in the fourth. We don't have to go through the entire fourth because this is actually a pretty bad mock to do this format. But, you know, reality is going to set in when we get the real NFL draft. You're going to have to pick some players. Uh, I'm tough. I, I'm picking between two players. I'm going to take Zach Evans and I don't like Zach Evans better than Izzy Abanacanda. But mm-hmm. I'm just playing the market a little bit here. I think the market loves Zach Evans way more than I do. So this is more of a, I bet you I can draft Zach Evans here, and I bet you I can I can get two shots at another running back here by trading Zach Evans because he goes to the Browns. Uh, he goes pick 126, which is like the 23rd pick of the fourth round. So I think people will be okay with this landing spot because they've used two running backs before. So I think I'll be able to get a two for one with Zach Evans. So I lean him over a Banacanda. And I'm guessing Eric is going to Banacanda, yeah. No, I'm actually gonna go Ooh, number forty six okay. overall. The Patriots took Josh Downs. And okay. he just kind of fits what Patriots like with like Julian Edelman, Danny Amendola, that slot receiver, that little jitterbug, um, you know, quick lateral movement, stuff like that. That's what 
Josh Downs is going to be really good at. I think Mac Jones or Zappy, whoever is going to be starting there, is going to need some more weapons there. So I like uh, I like that fit there. And I legit think if he falls in this spot and goes to the Patriots, people will not like him already. So I can actually see yeah. him falling in drafts. Right. All right, Jordan, 303. I'm going to play the format again, and I'm going to play the fact that, again, kind of going back to we don't know a lot of stuff right now. I'm taking Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Um, I think that there's a potential that if Lamar's back, he could be an injury away guy. Um, there's We don't know what the hell's going to happen. So I'm just going to take a shot, and and we'll see. Right. That's kind of my, I'm just going to right? at what we say kind of earlier, right? You just shoot in the direction of the premiums and just hope that, hope that you, you're right. When you get down this far, that's just one of those picks here. Cause I, I think he's a pretty good player. So that's more of just a personal evaluation on you based on his skill set. maybe a little bit of landing spot too. Like would this have, did the landing spot matter for you here more? Cause he is a sixth round quarterback. It's like you already already know what bucket he falls into. He's an immediate backup at best. You just hope there's a, an opportunity, right? Yeah, and I like there's a there's a real scenario where that could happen, um, and the fact that he's the 199th pick seems like it's um, good fortune considering the last guy that really hit from that um, just retired. So fair, fair enough. You got to pass it on. He's got to pass that number on. Yeah, yeah. I will take Israel Banacanda. He went to the Giants at pick 128. Um, I think the community will like this landing spot a lot more because they'll see the uh, Barkley could hold out, which he's not going to do. He's going to play. It's the best chance for him to get paid a one-year deal. Now he may make some business decisions along the way, but to think he's not going to play and, and take that guaranteed money, that there's no chance. So people will like this landing spot though, because uh, of course he is going to take over next year and be the bell cow. That's what's going to happen. So people will like him. People are kind of already starting to warm up to him too. So I'll go Banikand at uh, 304. Uh, Eric, you are up at the 305. Yeah, so this one I'm going to go format as well. Number 149 to the Packers, who really don't have a tight end at all um, until they drafted tight end Luke Schoonmaker from Michigan. I like Schoonmaker a lot. Um, obviously, he didn't get a ton of chances in college just with that offense, but I like his RAS score. I like his makeup and what he can do for me um it's and being on the Packers I think he has a shot to start day one kind of like Daniel Bellinger did last year because they didn't have anybody so give me Schoonmaker okay so Jordan's up at the 306 we'll go to the end of the third and then we'll kind of just do like a five minute brainstorm session on what's left on the board and then uh we'll wrap it up so Jordan what you got 306 um I'll take Tank Bigsby um I don't necessarily love him but the landing spot it's an open injury away spot I think behind Cam Akers we've seen Cam Akers inability to stay healthy um and he's entering a contract year but I think you could find yourself in a in a similar situation to how Tyler Algier is at this point next year okay Bigsby went uh round six pick 182 uh Jordan real quick how how much are you likely to start dipping into day three even late day three running backs in the format because you're literally just trying to collect guys and to be fair a team like the Rams like they're when it Rams have very good chance any draft pick they picks making the roster you know so Mm -hmm. are you starting to just be willing to dip into any running back at this point that got drafted that you like yeah, yeah, I'm so I'm heading in that direction. Again, I think, you know, I like him enough and the situation, like you said, like I think there's a good chance he makes the makes the team. Again, you start getting in the sixth, seventh round, you don't necessarily love that, the odds on that, but um I think with him, I think there's a pretty good chance of that. Okay. 
And this one's tough. So I'm up at the 307. Uh, I should play the format. I will. People aren't going to like this, though. Uh, Brenton Strange went pick 138, early round five to the Colts. Honestly, there's three other tight ends on the Colts I like, so they're, they're just mm-hmm. they're going to continue to draft these Raz freaks. They drafted Jelani Woods and Andrew Ogletree last year. This is literally another one just like that. Uh, they're just collecting them. So, I mean, there's worse shots you can take. So he went to the Colts in the fifth, and I'll draft him here at 307. Eric, you're up. Yeah, this late in the draft, if he's still sitting there, he went pick 49 to the Steelers. They have super success drafting wide receivers, so I'm just going to trust that they know what the hell they're doing. Give me Michael Wilson, wide receiver from Stanford, uh, the last of the second-round players that went. It feels like the Tyquan Thornton pick from last year where like he gets second-round capital and nobody wants him because of who he right. is, you know? Right. But I, I mean, it. I like Michael Wilson, but I I don't see him going around too. But, you know, it, crazier things have happened. Yep. All right, Jordan, you're up for 309. Um, I'm going to go against Brand here. I'm just going to take Marvin Mims. Okay. Carolina, he goes 93 overall. I think I like him of all the guys in that third round. I think he's the only one I really like. Yeah, and I'll I'll defend you because the way you're probably roster constructing, this is a literally a throwaway shot at getting a receiver that could be productive, useful. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If he just becomes, I don't even want to say he has to become Gabe Davis. If he just becomes like literally semi-usable, he probably helps your team more than a lot. Now, the the biggest mistake I see people take is when they already have 16 receivers and they just waste this pick on Marvin Mims. Like, well, what was the purpose? You know, unless you're planning on trading a better receiver for something else and slide Marvin Mims into that spot, it's just, do I really need to draft that 14th receiver on my team, Marvin Mims, so he can sit on my bench? And just, at least you have a, probably a reason why you would make that pick, so... 2.95 career yards per route run. That's kind of that's kind of freaky. Yeah, it's it, it's funny. I posted the 2022 versus 2023 class from a, a yards per team pass attempt and a couple other metrics, and you just like put it out there, and it's very similar to last year. Like, mm-hmm. but the NFL doesn't like this class anything close to last year. So it's it's just kind of weird how that you know we look at that stuff religiously, and then it goes how oh, the NFL doesn't like these guys, but they loved last year's class. But then the, a lot of the college production is very similar with some of these guys. So. Which makes it a really good class to 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 be productive in, right? Like for us yeah. as dynasty GMs, when when mm-hmm. when classes stink, right? We uh, when people think classes stink, I think it's a really good opportunity to you know to to really sharpen your process and and be um, you know be really attuned to it, right? Because there might be opportunities to take extra picks, right? Again, I, I think that sometimes the narrative doesn't meet reality on a lot of these things. Yep. All right, so my last pick is 310. Uh, I am going to take Dwayne McBride, who went pick 178 to the Chiefs. Listen, it's a sixth-round running back, but it's also a Chiefs running back, which means I bet you he would have gone a little earlier than this. Um, I kind of like McBride. I didn't like him at the beginning. Um, I know Ray's film breakdown, Matt Waldman's film breakdown. Like they were, I, I remember listening to Matt Waldman's breakdown on every running back in the draft, and he literally was like, Dwayne McBride's comp is uh, Justin Jackson is his ceiling. And I was like, oh, wow, that's, I don't love that. But he went to the Chiefs, and it's a point per carry league. So I'll take that profile all day. Mm-hmm. Eric, you're up 311. Yeah, I'm just going to take my guy, 232, the Green Bay Packers, running back Kendra Miller, went in round seven. There's like a 5% chance in hell that Kendra Miller would ever be a round seven pick. He's going top. He's going day two. Damn it. Uh, give me Kendra. 
Jordan Eric loves Kendra Miller. When I sent him there, when he sent me this mock, I was like, dude, do you know where Kendra went in this round seven? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he kind of broke my heart with that one. I was looking forward to taking him. So uh, that, that was probably going to be my pick. I'll I'll go last guy off the board. I'm going to make a homer pick. Um, I'm going Sean Tucker uh, from Syracuse. Running back. Okay. Uh, he goes to uh, – he ends up going to – I don't. there's some injury stuff with him. I tried to go to his pro day. It was – he didn't participate. I don't know. I He goes 226 overall to Jacksonville. Okay. So I'll just do a real quick recap. Uh, again, two tight end, two quarterback with tight end premium, 0.15 point per carry. C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, B. John Robinson, Bryce Young, Will Levis, Dalton Kincaid. Michael Mayer, Jackson Smith and Jigba, Darnell Washington, Jameer Gibbs, Hendon Hooker, Luke Musgrave. That's your first round. Second round, Quentin Johnston, Jordan Addison, Tucker Kraft, Sam Laporta, Zach Charbonnet, Zach Kuntz, Zay Flowers, Devon A. Chain, Tajay Spears, Roshan Johnson, Chase Brown, Jalen Hyatt. That's round two. Round three, Zach Evans, Josh Downs, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, Israel Banacanda, Luke Schoonmaker, Tank Bigsby, Brenton Strange, Michael Wilson, Marvin Mims, Dwayne McBride, Kendra Miller, Sean Tucker. So that's three rounds. A lot of our drafts are five rounds, so we got to go two more. But we're not going to go two more. So I'm going to go to Jordan first. Any players on the board where you're like, I definitely want to stash them. I'd be willing to even move and grab another fourth round pick or something like that. Pick a couple names out that you uh, that you see still on the board that you'd be interested in. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the receivers would be interesting. Like kind of who's the last day three, uh, the last day two guy would kind of be like what I'd be shooting at, right? You're getting around four, round five, like in a format like this, those guys will slide. So I can't tell you specifically who that would be. But if I'm taking the eighth guy, you know, I think there's what eight or nine guys uh, in this in this mock draft that go in there. Right, that's probably where I'm going to aim to be. Like, I end up always taking like the last in one of the last picks, like taking the last day two wide receiver, like Danny Gray. Like that's just kind of my always every year, just kind of just hoping that hoping that it it, it jumps because the base rate's um, decent for where you're picking. That would sort of be my my thought. And then again, I just think volume running back. You know, I Kendry Miller, I was very upset that Eric took in front of me. Um, but, you know, just kind of aiming at, you know, and being in the volume running back business at, at being injury away guys. So even though I don't necessarily love guys in this range, like Garrett Gray and, and Evan Hall and some of these other guys, like, you know, just kind of take them in bulk and you're not, not necessarily worried about the name. You're just kind of worried about um, the proper roster construction at that point. And Eric, I think the community would like the Jaden Reed to the Chargers and Cedric Tillman to the Giants. Don't you think people would like those two spots? Yeah, I like both of those players. I like both of those spots. Um, I'm starting to really come around on Jonathan Mingo, and he goes to the Eagles. I know it's not like a, sm- a smash landing spot for him since they only really used three guys and they used last year. But, man, I, I really like Mingo. He's kind of comparable a little bit to uh, A.J. Brown, Debo Samuel kind of player. So if he can become anything like one of those guys, that would be perfect. Um A.T. Perry's in a nice spot going to Atlanta. They don't really have a, you know, another receiver outside of London, so that's another good spot. Um, we talked a little bit about Eric Gray and some of these other running backs. Yeah, that's that's really the only ones that I'm seeing here. Yeah, and there are some other tight ends. I mean, tight ends with really, really high athleticism too. Like Will Mallory went 186 mm-hmm. to the Titans. People wouldn't like that. But Will Mallory is the kind of profile where you put him side by side with Chiggy Okonkwo and you go kind of like Will Mallory more. He might not be a better receiver, but like full profile, I would like him better than Chiggy. Everyone knows I don't really like Chiggy that much because he's another one of those outliers. 
Uh, Cam Latu went to the Jaguars in the fourth round. Like that's mm-hmm. another solid one they would get drafted here. And then uh, obviously Payne Durham went to the Buccaneers in, in round six. That's another one that had a rookie tight end from last year. Uh, last question for you, Jordan. Would you just start sweeping up quarterbacks here too? Would you be specific or would you go, you take ones that you think have a shot of being a backup, like Clayton Toon went to the Chiefs. Would that be a kind of one you'd just snatch up just because of the offense that he's in? Or I'd probably be more apt to lean into one of the tight ends, right? Because I don't necessarily yeah. trust. Like I can I can trust playing a tight end on a week-to-week basis. I'm probably never going to trust playing Clayton Toon. Even if it's you know, even if even if Kelsey's going God mode and, and they have a bad defense, I'm probably not going to trust uh, Clayton Tune. So I'm I'm would probably just collect pedigree on guys like yeah, you know, I would take Cameron Lott too. You know, it's not it's not sexy, but you just kind of again, you're aiming in the right direction. I think that's the right aim. Eric, um, any interest in Jake Hayner or Tanner McKee? Go to two two spots here that have kind of ambiguous quarterback situations. Would you take either one of those? If I, can get him for, if I can get them for free off of waiver, sure. But if I have to draft them, probably not. Because like we've talked about, if if a quarterback doesn't go in the top 60 picks, I'm not really too interested. So, yeah, I would, uh, I'd probably avoid those guys. And they're not like uh, rushing quarterbacks either. So, you know, they're not going to give me that point per carry type of upside. Like uh, if Dorian Thompson Robinson was still there, um, he obviously he was drafted earlier, but he's got some rushing upside. That might be a guy I would be interested in in the format, but these other guys probably not. All right, and then I know Eric at the four eleven would have to pick Aiden O'Connell because that is his just absolute favorite player in the draft. Right? Would you take him just just because it's? Oh the yeah, he'd be he'd be like yeah he'd be like Kendra Miller. He ain't going in round seven. There ain't no way. He's going he's going a lot higher than that. <laughs> Eric knows the NFL draft, but. Oh, this was a good exercise. Thank you both for participating. Uh, Jordan, appreciate you uh, participating, being a good sport on this. Eric, you got a real quick America's Favorite Game for us? Two, two three minutes? Sure. Who's your Who's your favorite prospect in this draft? Ooh. Jordan? Who's my favorite prospect in this draft? Yep. Um, Kendry Miller. Okay. Nice. Nice. You and Eric just met. You're fast friends. Yeah. 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 He loves that Kendra Miller. <laughs> Love I'm praying for the worst possible landing spot for Kendra Miller because then I'll be able oh. to sneak him. Pat, Eric, I'll be able to get him, get Eric to bite on that regardless because he'll just ignore it all. I, I saw something online and it was this week. Someone was saying like, you can't say that, that someone with one, you know, you can say on one play that someone can do something. Uh, Kendry Miller doesn't have that much of a receiving, like it's not that great of a receiving profile. However, um, he made a catch and I think it was against Texas where it was like at his shoe tops, like in contested catches. It was unbelievable. It was probably the best catch that, that any running back made this year that's in the class. And, um, and I'm like, I'm sold. <laughs> like, and he caught it and then converted a third and 10 and he was like running, you know, in the wrong direction. I just, I think he's, I think he's got some freaky uh, abilities. So I'm, I'm pretty excited about him. And, you know, if he, again, I could see him, like, I could see him late, late, late day two. I could see him um, anywhere in day three as well. Yeah. yeah. He, he stole yours. You got to have yeah. another one. I've, I'd still go with Kendra. I like um, obviously Aiden O'Connell too. Like I said, I was really I'm really coming around on Jonathan Mingo, liking him a lot. 
And another running back that I've um, really started to like, if, like I was talking about earlier, was Chase Brown. If he just gets in that right landing spot, man, I think Chase Brown could be a big one. Yep, I agree. Point per carry, too, like Chase Brown. I'll go with Chris Rodriguez. You know I'm a Kentucky fan. I wish he would have gotten drafted because I would definitely leave my rosters with him because he is the classic. All I need to do is think he can get – he's the guy that could have two two games in his career where he comes in, but the games he's active are the ones he'll get the 20 carries because that's just what he is. He's just a hammer. He's a slow plotter. He's a better version of Benny Snell. If Benny Snell, I would have liked in point per carry. So, I mean, it's not shocking that he literally followed Benny Snell at Kentucky, but it's the exact same thing. I do think he will get drafted just because there's not a lot of guys like that coming into the NFL that are legit like 230, and it's like I can give them all the carries in one game if I just want to waste them. Like that, that's the kind of guy that goes to the Cardinals in like the sixth or seventh round, and by the end of the year, they're like, here, just we need to get through these games. Can you go carry like 24 times and just get the clock run? Like, go ahead. Like, that, like, I can literally see that where it's like he's out there, you know, getting 26 touches on a 2 and 14 team. And, you know, I'd want to have it in this format. So, good stuff. Well, Eric, go ahead and close it out. Jordan, we appreciate you coming on. And um, I guess Eric will give you a chance to, to plug anything you want to plug or share anything. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead, Jordan. Anything you want to share or plug, go ahead. Floor is yours. Uh, yeah, follow me on Twitter at McNamara Dynasty. Go check out the Football Guys Dynasty show uh, wherever you get your podcast, me and Chad Parsons weekly. Um, and then Analytics Dynasty, the Dynasty team building guides out. Um, you can get that at the shop. And then um, you can also uh, become a subscriber. 360 podcasts last year. I'm on pace to do well more than that this year. I'm 388 the year before. I'm still trying to find the missing 28. I don't know where they went um, from last year. But, uh, but yeah, uh, podcast a day in the offseason. Um, again, I'll have all your draft stuff covered as well. So, um, yeah, analyticsdynasty.com for all of that. Perfect. All right. Well, I am at Eric Vanek NFL on Twitter, and you can also follow the game or the uh, podcast at America's Game Pod on Twitter as well. And then Scott, what do you got coming up on Destination Dynasty on Monday? Yeah. So the next two episodes of Destination Dynasty, I'm going to take a break for the NFL draft, but the uh, the next two episodes are going to be four burning questions that you need to work through in your mind or in your league before we get to the NFL draft. So I have a couple of those covered this week and I'll have a couple of next week, uh, kind of higher level topics, but uh, definitely will appeal to the masses if you're sitting in one of those situations. So that's what the next two episodes will be. And then um, we're going to plan on doing uh, some draft coverage. So that'll be fun. All the DD team and uh, and a lot of us will get together for the draft and uh, stay, stay tuned for that. But just wanted to put that out there. I know they're still finalizing what the exact schedule is going to be, but um Need a place to go and hang out for the draft. Um, it was really fun last year when we did it, so should be uh, a blast this year. And there's a lot of intrigue in this draft. Like, I don't think a lot of us really know what's going to happen. We're just hoping for a lot of, you know, good stuff for skill players. So it makes the drafts more interesting. Not not what we did in this mock. I think this would be like on the lower end of what we hope actually happens. So. All right, sweet. So we will see you guys next week uh, for episode 41. Thank you.